All right, well, welcome to Trapping Radio. Uh, it's the coming off the 4th of July weekend, so I hope everybody's had a wonderful 4th of July. I know we sure did. Um, this is a special episode. This is our 500th episode, and we thought it would be fitting to have uh, the man himself, the guy behind almost 500 episodes, which uh, just starting out seems nearly impossible, but Clint is here with us for this 500th episode, and um, I'm just so excited to have you here, uh, part of this. And uh, so we're just all sitting around a table, and we have, uh, like I said, Clint is here, and Jeff is here, and we have uh, Carl and Liz with Razorback Snares. I should let you guys all introduce yourself, but we'll, we'll talk about, we'll go around the table um, here in just a minute. And then um, I guess we'll just get started. We'll get the sponsors out of the way. We have our sponsors, FNT for Harvesters, everything you need for uh, trapping, hunting with hounds, and predator calling. And uh, who else we have, Jeff? Oki, Cable and Trap Stakes uh, out of Oklahoma. He uh, doesn't have a junkyard, but uh, he wishes he did. And uh, you can get about anything you want from him. He's got all kinds of weirdo stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And uh, we have Alan with Funky Trap Tags and Hilltop Outdoors. And um, he's located in Iowa and has just about everything you need uh, for trapping and calling and even uh, fishing. So he was uh, doing some catfishing over the weekend with a bunch of his baits and caught a bucket load of catfish two bucket loads. two bucket loads of catfish with the, his stuff so he's got some good stuff there at his shop and he sells that stuff too yep so check him out if you're doing any fishing this summer does that take care of the sponsors the and then we have wcs oh w do you want yep they got uh, all the <clears throat> stuff for animal damage control um, if you're a fur trapper, you just call it weirdo stuff. Um, if you're in that business, you know what it is, and uh, they'll take care of whatever you need. They got a catalog full of uh, all, all types of stuff that uh, you have to deal with people to use, so I don't use any of it and don't even know what most of it is. But they sell a lot of it, so it must be good stuff. Carl knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. Carl knows. There's what it is. a lot of. They're, they're good people. Alan and them take very good care of us, and uh, we use a lot in our ADC business. So they're good, really good people to deal with. Yeah, yeah, we really like them. Yeah, they, uh, they've handled our pro your product longer than mine, and um, <coughs> the uh, not my product, it's your product. Well, it was yours for all them years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're. Uh, you always figure the best people are the ones that their checks cleared and their checks always cleared. Some are the best people. That's true. <laughs> Especially when you're self-employed. Carl, do you want to talk about your snares? Uh, well, would Carl and Elizabeth with Razorback uh, snares there, we kind of branched out from some ADC stuff that uh, Liz and I do. And uh, of course we use snares with trappers and uh, we started building snares uh, well, we built them forever, uh, but we just started uh, making them to the uh, public here in the last couple of years, and uh, we've been having fun with it, slow growing, and uh, so uh, we kind of put a little plug in for our snares, and we appreciate the opportunity. 
How can they find your snares? At uh, Razorback Snares on our Facebook page is the easiest way, and most people just contact us through a messenger. And um, Typically, I like to have people call me because of all the varying state laws that go on with the snaring. Uh, it's best if you'll just uh, give Liz or I a call, tell us what you need. We generally kind of custom order. We, we do try to set a little inventory to decide, but like I say, uh, all the state laws are so different mm -hmm. that it's better if we just, uh, you call us, tell us uh, what your requirements are, and we can fix you up. Sounds good. Yeah. Now, why is your snare just not a generic piece of cable with a lock on it and a stop? Uh, you got to work on your marketing, man. <laughs> you got some of the best in the country, and all you you say is snare. It's well, like, I, I appreciate snare. the compliment, but no, you're correct. I mean, we're looking at other snares that are being made today. And, you know, as a trapper, I mean, I'm not just coming from somebody who sells snares or buys them and, you know, turns around and flips them. I mean, uh, we build them. We make them. I've been a snareman for many, many years. Liz has uh, gotten into it lately, and she can snare with the best of them. But, but our snares, I mean, basically the animals taught us. And my philosophy on the whole thing about equipment, I mean, as a trapper or snareman, we, um, we can't fight weather. We have to deal with weather and the mud and the rain and everything. The one thing I can control is my equipment. And I just set out to build the best snare uh, that we can. And, of course, the animals are the ones that taught us, uh, taught me my weak points. Through process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. If something's, um, you know, going wrong on a snare, I uh, look at it and try to see what it's going to take to build a better product. And over the course, now this hadn't happened just within a year or two. I mean, this has been, um, I've been snaring since I was 13 years 13 old. Years I'm, old. I'm 57 years old now. So uh, it's just uh, been a long, drawn-out process. And, I mean, everything we do with a snare, from even the way we uh, do our, our stop buttons, I mean, we don't use stop buttons. We use double furrows because nothing can <laughs> pop that off. The cable is looped back through itself. It's all triple crimped. Uh, inline swivel, I think that's very important. Uh, so just your common generic snare is basically going to be a, a piece of cable, generally not going to be loaded. It's going to have a, the cheapest lock somebody can find. It's going to have one stop button right there that on uh, a lot of times on a big hard fighting animal is going to pop off. Uh, we try to eliminate every bit of that and we just try to build the best product uh, that we can. I think compared to a lot of other snares out there is uh, we have a good product, so we appreciate the opportunity to be able to push them here. Maybe you should have called them bulletproof snares. Uh, that that been fitting. I, that would have been good. <laughs> that have been fitting. Because <laughs> they're about as close as you're going to get. Well, thank you. Thank you. You've used a bunch of them, and uh, I've, I've got some to Jeff and Sarah, and they've used some. And, uh, I mean, we we do a... For us to build this snare, it, you would not believe what it takes. I mean, most snares, you know, just a guy sitting there with an anvil and a big hammer and, you know, punch on a, a deer stop or a, a steel end stop, that, that is not what you're getting when you when you purchase a Razorback snares. And, uh, I that we caught a 
just thinking that. We, we caught a beaver by the tail, mm-hmm. and your snares are so effective. We had him right by the tail, and it still choked him out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, is that a true story? Sir? It is a true story. <laughs> choked, choked him out by choked the tail. Choked him out by the tail. I love it. Well, that's a good plug. He right was <laughs> by the tail and he was dead, so that's the only way I can figure. <laughs> and I want I wanted to mention something on um, the name Razorback Snares. We how we come up with that. We uh, of course Liz and I are both from Arkansas, and you know home of the Arkansas Razorbacks, and uh, we just uh, we were looking for a name for uh, the company, and uh, I was talking to our good friend Chip Davis. And uh, he and I were sitting there to discuss it. So uh, Chip actually was the one that came up with that. Came he said, man, why don't I call it Razorback Snares? And I said, that's, that that's is a genius. Good, that's a good name. Yeah, <laughs> so they try to get you to call it Mississippi State Snares. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Big, no. big rivalry there. <laughs> we, uh, we mess with Chip all the time on we, Mississippi State. We would have State, had to but, have disagreed with yeah. him on that one. But he's a, he's a good, good friend of ours and uh, uh, been friends for many, many years. And uh, he was the one that helped us with that so hence we got Razorback snares mm-hmm. yeah I remember the first animal I saw caught in one of your snares was a huge hog that we had caught down in Arkansas yeah and yes. you know to think about that hog being on that cable and still there I mean we we took care of him very quickly but mm-hmm. that's some power that they've got and in he wasn't snares. even a big big hog yeah yeah and the hogs are actually the one that that kind of pushed our snares where they were because, I mean, I was snaring hogs way, way back in the day in Arkansas, uh, South Arkansas on paper company land. And, uh, of course, back then, I never even heard of one of my 19 cable. And, you know, I mean, it, I was trying, basically trying to snare hogs with a generic, as Clint said, just a, a standard cheap beaver snare out of 7x7 seven seven cable. And of course, you can imagine the breakages and the train wrecks, and I mean, it was it was quite comical. But uh, and then that made me start looking into okay, what can I do to keep this stop button from popping off? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, here come the double furrows, loop back through that, stop that immediately. I mean, something's going to break before that pops off. Or you're not going to have that issue. But uh, yeah, the hogs were a big part. We're uh, looking forward to getting back after them this year and hope y'all can mm-hmm. come back and yeah. we're going to have a ball with them. We're looking yeah. forward to it. You always have your snares all ready to go before we get there for us. Mm-hmm. You and Liz have them all individually per- yeah. wrapped. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you do something creative with your snares to get them ready. What is your process in getting them ready for us before we get there? Well, I mean, we, we pre-build them and... Um, this would be a good point to, uh, cause I get a ton of questions and people say, well, how do you treat your snares? Whatever. So I'll just go over that real briefly. Uh, basically now you got to have a very good understanding wife to do this. So we put ours in a dishwasher, believe it or not. And that knocks all that factor oil off the outside. Otherwise you're not going to get a good dip or whatever process. Why are you shaking you- your head, Liz? <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's called unloading the the dishwasher, taking all of our either dirty or clean dishes out, so we can clean yeah. the snares or the traps or whatever. Yeah, but it's a it's a simple process. I mean, basically, you got to clean them. So the easiest way we found to clean them and get the factory oil off is through a dishwasher. <laughs> and then I'll generally take a. a I use uh, rusty metal primer. Rust-oleum. 
yeah, Rust-Oleum, Rusty Metal Primer, mm -hmm. diluted down about two to one with acetone, with acetone towards the paint ratio. And that just puts a very, very fine uh, coating on the, on the snare and makes it a kind of a rusty red brown. And then I'll stripe it and generally hit it with, with uh, some full metal jacket. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But uh, Different colors of, yeah. of spray paint. Yeah, just spray paint. And then Liz, bless her heart, I mean, she sits there and like this year when we came to uh, the big job that y'all helped us out with, uh, my God, we had what, seven different five gallon buckets of individual pre-cold, I mean, everything's pre-wrapped, ready to go so we don't have a tangled mess. That's one thing we learned very quickly. Yeah. And uh, but So yeah, what like, exactly do you do to keep them from being a tangled mess, Liz? Um, what I do is have to in, individually wrap each one, and when we're treating them and dipping them, we, we dip them in bundles, and then we have to let them dry, and after they dry, then I have to take, or actually, after we dip them and we paint them, then I have to take them and just individually wrap them up. Wrap them within themselves? Is that what wrap you're Wrap them within okay. themselves, yes. Yeah. So I see some people putting them in Ziploc baggies and, and different things, but no. you're just wrapping the cables. We're just wrapping the cables individually to the size of the five-gallon bucket okay. and then starting at the bottom, of course, and, and building up to the top. And we did, we had about six or seven five-gallon buckets of beaver, coyote, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have each bucket marked that Hog. way we, we can throw them on the buggy. And mm -hmm. and typically, we kind of do Clinso style of progressive trapping. We'll start on beaver, and then we'll jump to coyotes, or vice versa, whichever. I mean, we don't try to mix up. So that way, we've kind of got the same standard set equipment. And uh, just makes it simpler and easier. And we, yeah, we've learned through the years that just instead of having to untangle a big mess, out on the trap line it's just easier to go ahead and wrap them individually and be able to just grab one at a time or a bundle of several and not have to mm -hmm. not have to mess with it less time consuming yeah so we'll see well i think the point on your snares is when you, the people buy them the way that you bring them to arkansas yes we, yeah, but, but the same price you sell them is nothing for most people is a piece of cable, a lock, and a, and a single stop. Right, right. So you should be charging eighty dollars, where everybody else is charging forty. Yeah, we're we're probably fixing to see a little price increase here pretty pretty quick. I mean, I I try to be competitive and and all that, and of course, like I say, we're we're just a small company. We're we're still growing, but uh, yeah, it's coming. I mean, if if you want a good quality product, I'm a firm believer, uh, people are going to pay for that. So, well, I mean, you have to. It costs money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, compared to just a cheap generic snare, what we do, the time to build them is uh, is crazy. I mean, it's a huge, huge difference because, you know, like I look at the snare, every component that we put on it, everything we do to it, I try to make it to the mm -hmm. best that we can. So, uh, yeah, there's they're going to be, they're, they're not cheap, but, but they're, and they're going to go Yours up. Yours are cheap. That's the thing. That's what well, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Well, they're, they're comparable to others that well, are no, not as. No, he's, he's saying that, that for what we've got, uh, they're cheap yeah. and price yeah. compared. You're and, like, you're, you're, your snares are like um, the jig traps of the snares. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. Where if, you know, somebody wants to buy the ones for thirty nine ninety five that are just, 
you know, a generic. That's like the Duke number four where you set it and the jaw won't go down. You yeah. know, there's, there, you know, I mean, it's just, just junk. So. Well, and we test them each yeah. before we, we send them out to customers. And then when we're, this is minor, but when we're boxing up to send out to customers, I, I individually wrap them instead of putting them in bundles. I, again, individually wrap them and we like to put a personal note in uh -huh. there. Yeah. Saying, hey, thank you for purchasing our product. and Yeah, you can get a note with everyone. But I, yeah. I think what the guys were, were saying there was, was the quality of it. And I agree with yeah. Jeff on that because yeah. I'm the same way in my uh, foothold equipment. I mean, I buy the, the best. Again, the one thing we cannot control, um, you know, is all the weather and everything that trappers fight. So uh, the one thing I can control is my equipment. And I run a bunch of, as Jeff said, Jake's traps and had the 650s and I mean Sterling MJ 600s I mean I, I generally buy the best of the best so and I expect the same thing out of my snares and uh, that's kind of what they come to so yeah it's a good quality product we're proud of it and uh, so uh, we hope people check them out and, and seek us out with that mm -hmm. yeah. homemade at our bar yeah they're yeah they're they're, they're made <laughs> at our house that's for sure I love that you get them organized and uh untangled so you know the trapper doesn't have to do that that's very nice that, <laughs> there are there are not a lot of smiles when yeah. when i'm doing that but uh it's it's well worth it in the end very much all right well, all right very cool well clint mm -hmm. 500 episodes mm-hmm can you remember the first uh, first one you did? Were you nervous? Oh yeah, I'm sure it sucked really bad. Because <laughs> I didn't know if anybody would listen. Uh -huh. I didn't know how anybody was going to find it. Because uh -huh. there wasn't there wasn't anything like that out there. Yeah. I'm I'm sure the first few were just stumbling around. Yeah. I don't remember what they were about. But and then I kind of did a bunch more interviews because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of run out of people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been it's been pretty cool. You're looking for something. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> You've always come up with someone interesting to interview, though. Well, I tried, and, and I would listen to. Um, I mean, over the years, if I couldn't come up with something, I'd just go grab an old book somewhere and read till I found something that intrigued me. Right. And then I'd do it on that. You've always had quality information. Or for, I would. For the viewers, I listeners. kept emails from trappers even if i answered them on the email then i would go through that if i was having a brain you know fog of what to do it on and a few times i got on trapper man and see what everybody was fighting over so i just pick one side or the other because i know half would hate it and half would like it <laughs> now that's funny <laughs> well i i gotta ask you interrupt there i mean over the years at 500 i mean man that that's a tremendous amount um, of shows that you've done did you find it harder to come up with ideas in the oh, end? Oh yes, yes, really. About the last year and a half, it was getting yeah, it was getting much harder. Yeah, because you, you talked about everything. I mean, from every aspect of trapping and then the interviews and personalities and everything. I I could see that being being difficult. Because I mean, how many times can you talk about a dirt hole, a flat set, correct? You know, stuff yeah. like that, and then locations, and that's hard because it's audio. You can't show somebody. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you have snares and water animals and boats and canoes. and I mean, you can come up with a hundred different things to talk about. Mm -hmm. well, but yeah. when you do it for an hour, an hour and a half every time, it just... Yeah. 
you have it's a lot tough. of experience under your belt too. So that helped. That helped a lot. That helped. I'm sure. Yeah, It'd be know. rough to be a part-time trapper that just cut us a couple of weeks out of a year and try to pull off that. Yeah. You you would you would struggle. That, I'm not that, saying you couldn't do it, but you would struggle. I agree. Yeah, and that and that was some of my favorite shows that you've done was when you were talking about your past experiences. Uh, you know the places, uh, the train wrecks, uh, the shacks that you had to stay in, the weather and everything. I really enjoyed them. Kind of like this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I found out Sarah is a screamer. I am. I am. And apparently I was a screamer. Yeah, you didn't say anything. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Oh, you I, couldn't hear him over hear. your scream. He couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear him. I was screaming, too, every time one of them hit him. He I think scream. I was cussing. Screaming and cussing. <laughs> Jeff obeys. Because all I said was one word, and he took off like a banshee. <laughs> Never Run. asked one question. No, no, no. Part of the business. Uh, Lockler tells you to run. <laughs> you don't ask questions. Yeah, we, so we, we could talk about what's going on later. <laughs> Part of uh, the business was a John boat that I have. It's a 17 foot. Y'all have seen it in videos and stuff. And we moved here, and it's set under the carport pretty much most of the time. So that came with the business. Jeff's down. You're going to pick up the boat. I didn't think anything about it. I had some old traps and stuff in there, so I'm throwing them off to the side. And I see these little bugs. They're, they're much smaller than – and I didn't think they were yellow jackets. And then the next thing I know, something bites me up under my chin. And then it bites me on the other side of the chin, and my brain's trying to process what's going on. Oh, yeah, they're all over the place. So I, once once my brain said these are yellow jackets, I just and I'm in flip flops, so I'm trying to run, keep flip flops on. I'm swatting. Jeff just sees me move, and I say run. He takes off in a totally different direction. I didn't know if you're getting bit or not. Sarah's coming out the door, and she was completely horrified, backing up. And I'm glad she backed all the way up because she'd have got ran over. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So well, when the- I look out the door and I see these two grown men <laughs> running <laughs> for their life, not saying a word, and I'm just screaming, what is going so on? I never I heard first, you First scream. instinct, back up. <laughs> they are not stopping, back up. I know, I had bags in my hand, I moved them all back. So I run to the bathroom, turn on all the lights so I can see through the mirrors and see. Cindy's trying to be supportive from a distance while she's laughing and being empathetic at the same time. She knew what was happening. Sarah didn't know what was going on, or she'd have been laughing too. No. She was thought she was in danger. That's well, why she wasn't after laughing. After I knew Clint was okay, and then I wondered where you went. I thought maybe you jumped in the lake, and I said, I got to see that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that definitely entered my mind, mm-hmm. just going down the boat ramp. Yeah. I don't know why I went in the house. They follow you. No, right. They never quit. That's why I was getting confused. If you have all these things on you, you're coming in the house, getting us all stung. Because then I'm figuring I'm trying to swim, and they're stinging me underwater. <laughs> so that's been our morning. You learned to walk on water real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an exciting morning. So far. And it for has. some reason, Jeff's going to pick up the boat next time he comes down. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. It's a long, long time to trap and see. I don't understand that. Yeah, water season up there doesn't open until November. We're, we got a lot We're of time. 
there's going to be vengeance on that boat. There won't be a spider left alive on that thing when y'all get back. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff said thank you. We tried to hire an ADC company that is here to go over and take care of them, but they said no. Well, that's, yeah, I was, I was trying to talk Liz into it and get her a little more experience. But she, she yes, that, that is so. exactly what he did. My husband turned to me and said, honey... Well, Clint, Clint was offering good money to get rid of him. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> I believe, believe we'll have to pass on that one. We'll, we'll let him deal with that. That is correct. Yeah. Come on, we've got to keep it rolling, woman. All sure, right. Sure. Well, um, let's see. We've had a great 4th of July yeah, weekend. We have. Or week. We are fixing to head home and get ready for the NTA. And... Uh, you're planning on making the trip up. Mm -hmm. So if you guys want to see Clint, he'll be at his booth. Last time. Last time, yep. Selling yep. your product. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm looking forward to that, though. Escanaba is always a good show. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's never really, really hot. Of course, it may be this year. Yeah, hopefully. Don't jinx us. So it'll be interesting. Do I have a demo? At this yeah, one? Well, I, I do. do. I think you do. Pretty sure. Yeah, I, so I guess I'm doing a demo. I think everybody in Trapping Mafia has got a, got a demo. Even Nick Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> if he was here, I would say something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess the only thing you'll have to bring is your demo bag. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. That'd mm -hmm. be nice. It's over there in the boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's next to the boat. It's next to the boat. I wouldn't go within a mile of that demo bag. <laughs> I just show up there with myself. It may smell like gasoline when I get up there. <laughs> so do y'all have any interviews coming up? Um, Plan for the Escanaba to give? We don't. We had a we had a bunch for uh, fur takers lined up, but uh, didn't do any. It was so hot and miserable. Nobody wanted to be, you know, wanted to be bothered. Was I'm Especially planning? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm planning to interview Sky. Um, I can't say her last name now. She was Sky Good, but she got married. Uh, but we have the Wisconsin Women's Trapping Camp coming up in later August. You can say Sky better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're excited about that. I'm excited about the whisk, the women's trapping camp because it's pretty cool to see from just see the women that were there. That and the reasons why that I mean the class is full. So there's 40 students in the class. It was full before we ended last year. It's obviously full this year, and next year is full already. So we have lots of women in, interested in trapping and. And I will say, you know, with that, anytime you're dealing with a large group and like giving them donations and stuff, you know, you go in, you know, I think there's skepticism on both sides, you know, about are, are they going to give it, you know, are, you know, because I mean, when you're, t I mean, like, we're not a large company, you know, so I mean, when we're giving it that we're giving it out of our pocket, that's our money that we're giving away. So y'all are sponsoring the, the, uh, we're thing. not sponsoring it, but, uh, Last year, um, Sarah said we should give all every woman there make a she traps hoodie for them. 
Mm. And um, it came out to quite a bit. You know, I mean, you figure every hoodie, you know, with the price of stuff today and doing all that. Um, so we weren't sure if we were going to do it this year. And she said, what do you think? And I said, you know, and then we went to the conventions and every one of them, I gave a lot of a lot of stuff away and uh, people said thanks and stuff, but never like uh, when we donated to the, the women's camp, that stuff. They come up there and say thanks. I mean, it was... There was no way we couldn't do it after the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the thankfulness that they came up and was all so nice and, you know. So if I self-identify as a female and go to the class, do I get a free hoodie? Yeah. Absolutely. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Petite 2X. Petite I need, 2X. I need to uh, get my camera out for that one. <laughs> well, I don't think I'll look any different. Just be wearing a... Teal hoodie. That's yeah. right. The color this year. That could green. be my color. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so there's 40 students, and then um, we don't have a lot of equipment for the class, but there's a trailer, and then every year the same. We each have a bucket. We're hoping to get a bucket for all the 40 students, but Alan with Funky Trap Tags, he graciously donated um, 40 six, uh, 650 traps for us do 650 traps so each student will be able to set a trap and i think that's super it's we had everybody set a trap last time but we had to all share the same trap Mm -hmm. so what you group with like four or five people and then that person would make a set and then we pull the trap up and the next person would make a set so this time everybody can make a set the way i understand it too is where they don't get to keep the trap, so that will go back into the thing, and then they'll, they'll you know, they can yeah. use it next yeah. next year. So it's not mm-hmm. like the, they're going to come back next year and say, Alan, we need another 40 trap. They're just building inventory, you know, that uh, each student, when they're doing it, has their own trap to use there. Then they go back into the trailer, and then next year, <laughs> the, another student will use them. Yeah. So it ain't with this thing where they, keep, you know, give away everything and then try and get people mm-hmm. to donate, mm-hmm. which is smart. Mm-hmm. Would this be something that uh, y'all could use some snares? We absolutely could, uh, yes, Carl. Well, I, I just happen to know a donor. Yeah. And uh, he'll, he'll hook you up. How well, about that? Thank you, thank you. Yeah. 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 I'll That's pick cool. you up. Perfect. You just tell thank me you. What, what you want. And Not how many right. you need. Yep. You just got volunteered, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, on our way home, Liz will be building some more snails. <laughs> yeah, that, that was easy for me. These ones will be free, though. Volunteer Liz's yeah. service. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank Cause, you. Because Liz does build uh, 90% of it, so. Well, it's a team effort. There there are a couple of things that I that I don't have the hand strength to do, so. Yeah, the double so. furrows and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd be glad to. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Thank you. And I can donate some Predator Control Group lure. <laughs> Everybody gets a bottle. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, make sure you get it from Alan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little Alan. Yeah, so if, if you uh, have anything that uh, you're a dealer or whatever and want to help out the women's camp, got anything, you know, you want to donate, it doesn't have to be 40 because if they have 10, it's better than what they got mm-hmm. on some of the stuff. You know. Yeah, even if you have, uh, we're, we're looking for like 40 sifters and 40 uh, trowel or hammers or, you know, things like that, that you just have a couple extras sitting around. We'll add them to the buckets and 
get them all fixed up so every, everybody can make a set at the same time. Yeah. Is that like... I think Winkler volunteered for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody call Winkler. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like tax deductible where they could write it off on their taxes or not? Sure. Yep. Yeah, it's through um, the Wisconsin DNR. Um, mm. That's it's it's run by the employees of the Wisconsin DNR. Jenna and Jenna works on all that. So yeah, yeah, they're doing a great job. That's what I said. Uh, like Wisconsin and um, Minnesota, they really got it happening up there. I mean, with the kids, both groups, and like me and Sarah, we've talked about this many times, but. Um, you know, like Wisconsin, we stay the night, and then Sunday morning we're loading up the booths and stuff. And so Sunday morning, how many was how many people was, was in like there? Like twelve or fifteen people. Yeah, just in our building. Plus they had other people, and they just that was the fastest we've ever been loaded up. I mean, they just grab their stuff and bring it. I mean, it, you know, but to have that amount of volunteers mm-hmm. Sunday morning is pretty amazing. It is. And there was some that was hung over still at their camp. So there were they were around if needed. They had more. They yeah. just couldn't yeah. function. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were asking me earlier about some of the shows that meant the most. Mm-hmm. I think one was Blackie. Because him and JR either had a very healthy or unhealthy competition between each other. I don't know which one it was. But I couldn't get Blackie to do a show. Mm-hmm. And I knew where he parked every morning in Lima. So I went and talked to JR because JR loves to talk. So I know he would do a show. Mm-hmm. So I put him in the van so Blackie had to park next to me doing the interview with JR. And Blackie gets out. He didn't know we're recording. So he comes mm-hmm. to the window and I have to shush him. And I, I'm pretty sure that I didn't edit that out either. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, he sees the recorder, he kind of figures out what we're doing, and he gets mad because of this whatever's going on between those two. So I go in the building, I don't make it five feet, and he's standing in front of me. And he goes, what are you, do, what are you interviewing him for? I said, because you wouldn't do it. And he goes, well, I might have. I said, I've asked you like three times. So I tell you what, if you'll do one tomorrow morning, I'll put yours on before his. He was in my van the next morning. <laughs> That's how you got him. That's how I got him. And that was a cool interview. Yeah, it was. I remember that one. Because he would get so intense in the truck, you'd start getting a little nervous. Really? He he was like, I've never seen someone that looked at trapping like it was black ops from summer till next summer. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of his articles... And stuff you'd read through the year. Through, I mean, it wasn't like one. I mean, it was about, you know, how to improve your gas mileage, you know, mm-hmm. keeping air in your tires. And, you know, I mean, it was about more mechanical stuff, you know. Than, yeah, when you know. he found out I bought that Jeep, he was wanting to know what suspension I put under it and air cleaners I was going to put on it. And, I mean, he had a whole list of this stuff he wanted me to do. Hmm. Try to make things more efficient. And better. where it wouldn't break. Gotcha. That was his big thing. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I ever talked to Blackie, he, he told me, he says, your dad used to always invite me out from, you know, to uh, go catch some of them big coon. And uh, he said, I never made it up there. He said, I wish I had to make it. That was, the, was probably the last conversation we ever had. Well, the last time I saw him, he was at Virginia giving a demo. When we got done, half the room was crying. Mm-hmm. Just from a story. Never seen anything like it in my life. 
And you record you, re- you partly. That's when we started playing with those the 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 cameras that looked like a a video camera that looked like a camera. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that they could only go for like twenty minutes, and then you'd have to reset and restart. Yeah. And it kept shutting off, and I couldn't figure it out. It was like the first weekend I had it, so there's parts of it, but yeah, I remember, I remember that. I had the same problem with the camera. <laughs> now I would just Google it. Then I hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We just uploaded the show that you did with Tom Miranda last week. How did that interview come about? I think I just saw him down at Tim's booth and just went down there and had Tim introduce me. And Well, first, first remember you had, who did we sent? I think it was Dave Vertz or somebody sent over there. They said you should do it. And he said, well, you should go over there and talk to him. Tell him to do it. Mm, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah, and then it kind of opened the door, mm-hmm. and then you went down there. But I think it was Dave Burtz that went over there and said, "Yeah, you should do it." Start, you know, I mean, you know, Dave Burtz. Dave probably went over there and started humiliating him into it, <laughs> <laughs> or his daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we we went out to. Um, it was cool. We went out to Allen's Motorhome to try to find somewhere that wasn't hot and quiet, and we did it out there. It was. Because, I mean, I grew up watching the the first trapping videos. I think theirs was the second. First was Mike Lipimski, Wilderness Trapping. And then in Alaska, they had all the fur fishing games at the video store. So the, he was the second video trapping I've ever seen. So that was kind of cool to be interviewing him all those years later. Yeah, and he, he's an interesting guy. I mean, from what he's come from and accomplished and, mm-hmm. and built up over the years, I, I really enjoyed following him and watching him. He's been all over the world and trapped all over the country, and now, of course, he's bow hunting and doing all that stuff, but he's really got some great content. Well, even off off camera, he was, he was never cocky or... Yeah just like anybody else there and that, that to me that was the cool part yeah Haggerty seems to know him pretty well and they get along real well he was at Jeff's house last fall trapping you know who does Haggerty not get along with nobody <laughs> apparently the the bigger stars he really gets along with them mm. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely, he def, uh, you know, Miranda's definitely one, you know, comp. I, see, I didn't know nothing about Miranda as far as any of the hunting stuff. Or yeah, I didn't know had, that much. I knew he did it. Um, all I knew was the was him from, you know, having have the trapping videos. I didn't know one thing about him other than that. Because once he left, left trapping, I'm not interested in any of the other stuff, so I didn't even know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. But... But since then, you know, I saw some of his videos and stuff I'd watch with him shooting stuff in Africa and, you know, his camp. And the coolest thing that Tom Miranda owns, I don't care how nice a house, video camera is, anything, the greatest thing he has is that Toyota that he's got down there to <laughs> Africa. That thing's awesome. It's key where he's got the, the stack at the top of it where you go through deep water. And, mm-hmm. Probably a diesel. Yeah, you know, diesel that you can't get here. 
like an old Land Cruiser or yeah. type deal, yeah. older Toyota. Well, yeah. Toyota makes Those new look, trucks yeah. like you can get here, but with diesels, okay. and they're they're a lot more sturdier. Oh, but, wow. they, but yeah, like over to Australia and stuff, that's what they use. Because mm-hmm. I looked into trying to buy some and get one imported. Yeah. And, um, you can't was, get it through was, emissions. There was only like two in the United States that, that I could find anywhere, and they weren't for sale. At that point, anyways, be pretty fancy, Carl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've followed Tom for years, so I mean, of course, I'm a bow hunter and do a lot of deer hunting, turkey hunting, different stuff like that. So I've watched a, a ton of his stuff. He has some really, really great shows out there. I've enjoyed enjoyed following him. And like Clint said, I mean, I, when I was early in my trapping career, I, I watched a lot of his videos. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think everybody did. Yeah. And he rode a lot back then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when he got that plane and started doing the scouting and everything and trapping out of the plane. That was pretty cool. I mean, that, that was ground-breaking uh, stuff back then. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the cool thing about his story, I remember, and I don't know if it was a book or an, or an article, where he just decided... He was going to be a trapper, so he just moved out, built his cabin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. living any way he could off a snowmobile, catching fur. And I think the UP is where he started, wasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, he it wasn't a lot of stuff he was catching, but you got to also think where he was at. And But, I mean, it was enough for him to get by. Yeah. I mean, that took – most people don't have that kind of guts. No, no. That drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that would be a lonely – hard life yeah just moving out in the cabin trying to make it trapping yeah yeah be different come on girl what other show what other interviews (laughs) (laughs) i've only done a handful of interviews but i've already been in like newt's van doing weird shows you know with him and i'm sure you've got so many different i've been in newt's van several times (laughs) newt's always fun you never know what's gonna what he's gonna talk about. No, no. You're just praying it's something you don't have to start over on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got close to that. We started talking about politics. I thought you did good with that show. I enjoyed it. Nuke's <laughs> quite a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zagger was fun. He's just so much energy. Mm-hmm. He's easy because I mean, with Zagger, all you got to do is go. I'm Clint and go to sleep. And he's going to go for an hour and a half. Sleep. Jagger will tell you, he'll talk about himself. Oh, my word. He, he loves to tell you about yeah, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's got to be half a tang because his arms are flying everywhere. And the, <laughs> while you're giving the interview, you're trying to dodge. Because most of those interviews were done either in my truck or the van or mm-hmm. something like that. Just, just if we could roll the windows up and mm-hmm. get away from everybody coming over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I interviewed Zagger, and it was a different setting. It was I went right to his house, and uh, we sat down by his maple where he does his maple syrup and stuff. And it was definitely, and, you know, the Zagger compound was pretty fun to do it. Of course, there's always fun stuff. You remember, like when you talked me into putting the screws to Murray about whether he was pro-North or pro-South being from West Virginia. I was having a big time with that, and he was squirming. <laughs> I never could get Paul to do one, and I don't know why. 
Well, maybe Sarah will have to try and get the con him. He, he was bringing her mosquito pee over there all weekend to Pennsylvania oh, yeah. and gave her the bottle. And everything. He's my buddy. Yeah. He's got mosquito that. Mosquito pee? He calls it Skeeter pee. It's wine. And it's so good. And So he's trying to get you drunk. He was doing a good job. Yeah, he gave me, the, he gave me two <laughs> bottles of it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But he doesn't sell it. He, he absolutely will not sell it. And I think you can only get it if you buy it at the auction. Mm. He always donates a bottle to the auction. Or you go by his booth and he has Dixie cups, little samples. And um, then he, had, he always has uh, salmon spread. Like a mm-hmm. salmon That's good. thing. Yeah, that was really good. So, yeah. And We're every buddies. now and then in New York, he'll have that uh, bourbon that's got the beaver caster in it. He's, oh, okay. I've heard about that. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Got yeah. actual caster in it? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. yep. So does that right there. That Coke he's drinking. Well, I didn't know that. So is that stuff on your face? I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makeup and stuff. Yeah. Perfume. Lipstick. Oh, sick. You put pewter beaver cast around your face. <laughs> you should put it more like war paint because it's going to have a beaver caster in it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just get the straight beaver caster. Just go. <laughs> nah, Carl be over there licking on her all the time. Uh, he already don't is. That. We don't need to add to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but... Uh, so maybe Sarah can get Paul. Yeah. Would, yeah, we're buddies. I would say the one that I did that was the the two that I did with Russ Carmen probably. You know, mm-hmm. the two of the most that meant the most to me. You know, because I I didn't know him that well, and then uh, you know we sat in the vehicle and talked for probably the first time for probably two two and a half hours, two hours, um, and. I told him, I said, well, maybe we should turn the recorder on, you know. And um, so we recorded, we'll talk for another hour, hour and a half. But, uh, you know, just a humble guy. Mm -hmm. That's the cool part to me is. He really really believes that, uh, you know, God had had his hand on him. And uh, that's why he could do what, live the life he lived, because God has his hand on him. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's just cool he said I you know quit I think he quit uh, school at a you know at a pretty early age and you know and went and did that and um, so you know he uh, he definitely would I would say that that, that the first interview I did with him was probably the one that stands out mm-hmm. that means the most to me the one I did with my dad is probably my favorite of all mm-hmm. which I still can't listen to <laughs> Maybe one of these days. Probably not. <laughs> no. No. I, uh, I got recordings from my dad on my phone, and uh, one of them he called up and wished me happy birthday, and I still can't listen to them either. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday on the happy birthday one. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's getting about that time. Okay. So, well, Clint, thanks again. I mean, I I listened to your shows religiously when I got into trapping, and it meant the world to me that you could explain things so well. I mean, you just had you were a natural at 
talking about you know all this you could you could tell a story and paint a picture like you know i was there so yeah. you know you've you've meant a lot to a lot of because you of were tracks. there some of the times yeah some of the times yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but i i know you've meant a lot to a lot of the trappers starting out and trappers have been doing it a long well i'm not time, dying so. i know but you know i miss <laughs> your voice <laughs> i miss your voice on here so maybe you'll do Maybe you'll do some more guest appearances on there. Okay. Coming up. If okay. you want to. You're welcome. You know how it works. You know how the platform works. So. Yeah, do um, all you want. Do yeah, all you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you tell me, do all you want. And knock yourself out. Yeah. So. Well, you're getting all you want now. <laughs> getting all I want. And more. And then some. It's like Sarah says, when you think you can't do no more, you can. You can. <laughs> no. All right, well, safe travels to Michigan, and uh, we'll, we'll all see you there, and I'm sure everybody be anxious to stop by the booth and say hi. So. Free hugs. That's, That's right. That's right. Wear your shirt. <laughs> you should wear the other one. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Cindy let me get away with that one. We'll have one there. Well, she won't be there. No. No. <laughs> you can go crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sitting at the booth, so drunk, only one eye open, your nasty mm. shirt on. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, I mean, it can't be that nasty. Sarah made it. <laughs> I bought that one I gave you. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't make that one. <laughs> That's saying something right there. Yeah. <laughs> We saw one yesterday. Yeah, what was I was going to say, it? you've uh, got a request in for the next 4th of July. Yeah, some, we saw somewhere, I don't know what that was on, Cindy showed it to me, and a guy had a shirt on with a big firecracker, 4th of July underneath, and said, I just come here to bang. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Carl's like, yeah, I want one of them too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could pull that now. <laughs> you no. could. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You better just go with the hat. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you're right. It's just on context. If he's in the Middle East, it means something totally different. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you at uh, the NTA. Okay. All right. All right.